Good morning. How's everyone today? Pretty good? A little weak, but that's all right. Um, that's kind of how I felt this past week. It's been a long week. Um, but as she said, my name's John. I serve as one of the pastors actually out of our Statesboro campus. And if you are new to Connection or maybe you've just started coming, um, we have five different campuses um, in the southeast. We have, of course, here in Pooler. Um, and then we have one in Statesboro, Vidalia, Millen, and then in Dublin as well. And so um, we started this one um, at the start of this year. And so um, hopefully if you're just um, checking us out, hopefully you feel at, at home here. Hopefully you're able to grow in your relationship with Jesus, and so we are just excited that you've joined us, as we've said already. Um, uh, Michael Page is our campus pastor here, and he is actually um, taking a weekend off. Him and his wife, Savannah, are expecting twins, um, not too, too much longer, and so they wanted to get one more trip away, just the two of them, um, before the babies come. Um, I have um, one daughter, she actually just turned two yesterday, and to think about actually having two of her at the same time would be a little crazy, so um, they've got a lot um, coming up ahead of them, and so this was definitely a much-needed um, getaway to just spend some time together, and so I'm really thankful for, um, for both him and Savannah and just um, what they mean to this church and um, all that they're um, doing. I've known Michael for um, many years. I've known him since actually uh, college, and we actually were in a wedding together one time. And we were both ushers in this wedding, and we actually drove down there together. It was in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. Um, it was the dead heat of July, and we were having to wear full suits. And, um, but we were the, the ushers, but we also had to rent the suits as well. And so we're thinking, well, we'll, we'll get to be a part of things for the most part. And it kind of became a recurring joke because whenever the photographer was doing um, pictures of everybody and they got all the groomsmen together, we would kind of say, hey, well, do you want, you want the ushers in this, this spot? And the photographer would look at us and say, we'll get you y'all next. Let's just do the, the groomsmen this time. We're like, okay, that's no, no problem. We'll be over here. And they'd move location, go somewhere else. And we're like, hey, maybe this would be a good opportunity to get the ushers in there. And they're like, actually, we'll just, we're going to get the groomsmen. We'll, we'll get y'all next time. What we realized is we were just the help. That's all we, that we were. And so me and Michael bonded over basically the fact that we'd, we were just not quite good enough to make the cut on groomsmen. And so we got to set up some chairs. It was great. And we got to sweat a bunch to do that. So we lost some weight together. It was great. Um, but man, I, Michael's um, just a, an awesome guy. And it's just been awesome to see what the Lord's been doing in his heart um, and just um, what's been happening here in Pooler. I'm excited to be able to be here. Um, as, I, as I mentioned, it's been a long week for me. Has it been a long week for anybody else? Is there anyone else that's just been kind of a long week? Um, and so I, there's been a lot of good stuff this week for me, and there's just been some stuff that's just been um, kind of taxing. And so I feel like um, I didn't really get to prepare as much as I wanted to today. So I feel um, not quite as confident. A lot of times I'm able to um, come up with several points to be able to give people, and I just don't really have that today. Um, but what I want us to do today is I want us to open God's Word, and I want us to see what it says and just try to figure out what is the Lord speaking to each one of us as individuals. Each one of us are coming in here with some different experiences. Um, we have different things going on in our lives, but I believe that the Lord wants to speak to each one of us specifically where we're at today. And so I'm going to do my best to try to, um, to dig into Scripture and try to help us figure out what it's saying. Um, but um, it's going to be a good morning. We are continuing this series, um, as you see, called Broken. Um, if you've been here for the past several weeks, you know that we've been looking at different people in Scripture um, who were just broken people. I don't know about you, but um, I look at my life and I realize I'm a pretty broken person. There's a lot of things that aren't just quite right in my life. But yet, in spite of that, God still desires to use me. I don't really know why he chooses to do that, but in God's infinite love, he chooses to allow us to be a part 
of his mission. And so throughout scripture, you see that same thing. You see people who are broken individuals that don't have it all together, and yet God does mighty things through them. And so today we're going to be studying um, a guy by the name of Jonah. So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Jonah. It is um, in between the book of Obadiah and the book of Micah, if that helps at all. Um, In my Bible, it's on page 1390, which helps you in no way whatsoever. Um, But if you can't find it, there's no shame in going to the table of contents. I had to do that the other day because I just couldn't quite find it. Um, But the book of Jonah is a very short book. It's only four chapters long. Um, Many of you, maybe you heard this first um, when you were maybe growing up in church. If you grew up in church, um, this is a very popular um, book to study in um, children's ministry because um, there's something that happens in this book where um, the main character, Jonah, um, ends up getting swallowed by a whale or a big fish, as Scripture says. And so that's kind of a fun thing to teach children. They always have a good time with that. Um, But because of that, many of us are already walking in today with some preconceived notions about Jonah. I mean, we're we're walking in with our experience uh, when we were kids, or we're walking in with just that baseline understanding of who Jonah was. Many of us, if I asked you, what's the overarching theme? What's the takeaway from Jonah? You might say, well, I know um, maybe Jonah, he, he ran from God. I, I knew something about that. And I knew that because of that, he um, ended up getting swallowed by a big fish. And, um, but beyond that, I, I don't really know. And so I didn't grow up in church. So I didn't grow up learning this um, as a child. And so when I read it for the first time, I was already an adult. And so I pray today what we can do is that we can look at the book of Jonah. We can look at the life of Jonah with fresh eyes. I want us to look at it with fresh eyes to really think about, okay, what is God trying to tell me today? What do I need to identify in myself today? So I kind of want us to put aside maybe what we walked in today with some preconceived notions about Jonah and really look at what is God trying to tell me today? Now, I would say this is that for many of us, when you think about the idea of a man being swallowed by a fish, you just can't get past that. You're just like, John, I'm struggling with that. Is, that, is this really more of a myth? Is it, did it actually happen? And, and here's what I would say about that. We know with the way that this book was written, it was written from more of a historical point of view. It wasn't written for a more as a, as a metaphor. And so because there's, there's places and there's people that are called out by name. And so throughout Scripture, when you see that, you know it's more of a historical event. But beyond that, I want us to think about this. In the beginning of the Bible, the first verse of the Bible, it says this. It says that God created the heavens and the earth. In the blink of a moment, the creator God created everything, right? And then later, he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. He sent his son to come to earth, right? And to end up dying for us, to take on sin, to die on that cross, and then three days later, be raised Again, and my thought in this is that if we serve a creator God that could create everything in the blink of an eye, if we serve a God that was able to send his son to take on all of sin over all of mankind from beginning to end and then raise him to life, that maybe that same God could create a scenario where a fish could swallow a man, right? If we believe that God created everything, then I think we could probably think that God can do anything. Um, But maybe you're just struggling with that still. Maybe there's just still some some disbelief. And what do I say is that even in the midst of our disbelief sometimes, maybe there's there's things in scripture, there's things in our faith that we just struggle with from time to time. And that's okay. There's times that we struggle with that. We see that there's people in scripture who go to God and say, God, help me in my unbelief. 
So maybe you're struggling with some unbelief today, but I hope that in our unbelief, that doesn't lead to disobedience, right? Because even when we struggle in our faith, we are still called to obey. But again, I want us to look at this with fresh eyes. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna read um, the first couple verses in uh, chapter one, and then we're gonna pray and we're gonna see what the Lord has for us. And so Jonah chapter one, starting in verse one, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because of its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just love you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather. God, we thank you for the opportunity to sing praises to you this morning. God, I pray that it was pleasing to your ear. God, I don't know where each person is in their walk with you. God, I don't know what's going on in their life, what circumstances they're dealing with. God, I don't know what this past week has looked like for them, but God, you know that. And God, no matter where they're at, God, I pray that you speak to them directly in that situation, directly in that current circumstance. God, I pray that you just speak and you penetrate hearts today, God, that we're able to look at this scripture and we can look at ourselves and we see what you want for us. God, I pray the day we're not worried about what's best for our neighbor. We're not worried about who um, would have been great for them to be here to hear this message, that we look at who or, or what are you trying to speak to us. And so, God, we just love you, God. We thank you for this opportunity to just be together, God, to open your word and see how it applies to our life. God, I pray um, all of this in your son's name. Amen. All right, so let's give a little background on what's going on here. So Jonah was, was an Israelite. He was um, a prophet for the Lord. Jonah was, was a good guy. He was a, a, an upright God. God used him in a lot of different ways. We see that in some other um, passages of scripture. And so, um, but he was an Israelite. And we know that um, throughout the Old Testament, um, Israel was um, basically God's chosen People And so um, Nineveh was part of the Assyrian Empire, and they were an enemy of Israel. And so right off the bat, we know that Jonah, his, his view of Nineveh was not very, very good, right? They were an enemy. They, um, they were a very wicked city. They were actually known for um, how they tortured people, how they killed people. They weren't a, a good group of people. And, and beyond that, they were an enemy of Israel. And so Jonah had a very warped view of Nineveh. What I realize about every single one of us is that our past experiences, the thing that, we've, um, that we have grown up with, our experiences of, of who our family was, what our culture was, where we grew up, how we grew up, um, just the different experiences in our lives, they all shape the way that we view the world, ourselves, and others, and also how we view God. And so what we see that very clearly in this scripture, in the book of Jonah, you see how it's very easy to get a warped sense of things. You know, I, I wear glasses and everything I see, I see through the lens of these glasses. And there's times that I've worn sunglasses before and I kind of look down and I'm like, man, I'm getting a nice little tan. And then I take my glasses off and I realize that I'm as white as I can be. And you know, it's, it's one of those things that we always see it through the lens of things. Every one of us, we see things through that lens. Jonah saw Nineveh through the lens of his experiences, which is these aren't a good group of people. Um, they're against um, Israel. They're against God's chosen people. And so he was, had almost pretty much a hatred towards this city. And so God calls Jonah to go and speak repentance to Nineveh. 
Now, right off the bat, it's, we see that in, in this, this um, story in verse 2, it says to go to the great city of Nineveh and preach, preach against it. Excuse me, because it is wickedness that come up before me. It says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. It's, that's a very hard word to pronounce, by the way. Um, so I think that's how you're supposed to do it. But if not, oh well. Um, to give you an idea, so this is where Jonah was. Nineveh was like right here. Tarshish was way over here. Literally, Jonah went the opposite direction. It was actually about 1,500 miles away from where Jonah was. And so we see that when Jonah made this decision to go the opposite direction, he was making a decision to say, God, I know you're calling me to do this, but instead I'm literally going to go the opposite direction. And though Jonah was a good guy, though Jonah was a prophet, though Jonah had done a lot of good things, in that moment he made a decision to disobey God. And what we realize is any form of saying no to God, ultimately it's rebellion. It's us saying, God, I know you want me to do this, but instead I'm going to do that. And what we see in Jonah is Jonah has an opinion of things. Jonah, he will we'll continue to see is that he thinks things should be done a certain way, but God thinks things should be done another way. And Jonah continues to wrestle with that. And many of us, maybe you can look at your own lives and realize situations where you know God's calling you to one thing, but you end up doing another. And what we have to realize is what that means is we're basically saying no to God. And we see that oftentimes when we do that, we're running from God. You know, and so many of us, we, we've recognized times in our lives where we've run from God. Andy Stanley says this though. He says, you can run from God, but you can't outrun God, right? A lot of times we think that we can. We think that we can get away from him. But the second that as far as we're trying to run from God, the second we turn around, you know, you know who's right there? God, right? He's, he's right there. He hasn't left us. He hasn't gone, well, y'all often do that. I'll be right here when you're, you're waiting. He, says, he comes along with us and, and every single time is ready for us to turn back around and come to him. What I realized is that for Jonah, it's time and time again, he continues to make these small acts of disobedience, of, of choosing to do what God did not desire him to do. When I realize in our own lives, you know, we don't, just immediately dive into sin. Usually it's one small step in the wrong direction. You know, we've been reading this, this 412 reading plan. Maybe many of you have been reading along with us um, where you're just kind of going through the Bible and we're just trying to um, read the Bible collectively together as a church. And a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm taking my daughter to school, I'll um, plug it into my car and I'll just listen to um, the Bible app and listen to that particular passage um, and kind of let it be just kind of read to me. It's pretty nice. And I've been doing pretty consistent with that. But then there'll be a couple um, times where I get in the car and I'm like, I just want to listen to the radio. You know, I don't know about you. Sometimes I just want to listen to the radio. And I realize that in that moment, I know God's saying, John, why don't you just listen to this? It's going to take all of five minutes. Just spend some, a little bit of time in the Word. And I realize that there's times when I'm like, man, I just want to listen to the radio. What happens is that normally it's about three or four more days before I get back into the Word again. I realize that that small decision, I realize how small of a decision that really is, but how quickly I can become, I can begin to veer off and get out of my routine. We have to become so aware that pursuing God, putting our faith and our hope in God is a daily thing. We are called to surrender to the Lord each and every day. That's not just a one-time thing. Salvation is, we're called to work out our salvation. That means it's a daily surrender. And I believe that's what Jonah began to get wrong is that it wasn't a continual process. It says that when he went down to Joppa, it says that he found a ship there. 
you know, and he, he, he got on the ship and he, he took off. What I realized is that when we're running from God, there's always going to be a, a ship. There's always going to be something to take us away. There's always going to be something that the enemy puts in our life that we go, well, that's an open door. That must mean that I should go this way. It, it must mean I, I've got, I feel good about this, right? I, it must mean I should do that. But I, there's always going to be something to take us away from the Lord. But how often when we are approached with situations, when we feel like the Lord is pressing something on our, on our lives, are we willing to actually listen to that? A lot of times in my life, when I'm running from God, deep down, I know I'm running from God, right? It's, I know a lot of times discerning what God, um, what his will for, you, for your life is, sometimes that's difficult. You know, I, I've, I've never heard an audible voice of God saying, John, this is what I want you to do. You know, I, I haven't heard that. But I know when he's leading me in a certain direction. I know when he's not leading me in a direction. I know when I'm trying to, to make it sound good. I'm trying to make it look like this is what I'm supposed to do. But in actuality, I'm kind of missing it. And so for Jonah, he tried to look, well, there's a ship here. I, 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 must, I must do this. But a lot of times these open doors, a lot of times these times where we're like, well, I've got a peace in my heart. Sometimes that's the very thing that's going to take you further than you ever wanted to go. So what is that thing in your life that maybe it's standing right in front of you is making it very easy for you to make a different decision. You know, if we struggle with, with greed, there's always going to be a deal you can't pass up, right? It's always going to be right there in front of you, you know? And, and so it's, again, it's these small little decisions that we, that we made that continue to, to pull us further and further away from the Lord. Well, the, the rest of chapter one, we see what happens is Jonah gets on this ship, right? And then there's a great wind. There's this huge storm that ends up blowing the ship backwards and forwards. And they, they know that if um, basically they're about to sink and they, they realize that there's the reason where this is happening is there's somebody that's on board that has done something against God. This is what they've determined and that they're the reason that all this is happening. And so they realize that it's Jonah and Jonah actually acknowledges this and says, you know what? I, I'm, I'm running from God. And they're like, how, why would you do this? Why have you put all of us in danger? And Jonah actually makes um, a smart decision here. And he, he realizes, you know what? I don't want to um, to cause harm to all these other people. Because of my disobedience, I don't want to cause harm to them. So he tells them, pick me up and throw me overboard. And they're like, we, we can't do that. We don't want to do that. And so they don't want to have the, um, the weight of, we're just, we're about to kill this guy. But ultimately they end up doing that. They throw him overboard. Immediately the, the sea is calmed. And then the big fish or the whale or whatever um, you believe it, it was comes up and it swallows Jonah. And I thought about that. And I thought about this storm in Jonah's Life, And I realize that a lot of times in our own lives, the way that God gets our attention is sometimes through a storm. Sometimes it's through a tough circumstance. Sometimes it's just through um, a certain circumstance that we're, we're going through is that God uses different things. And he doesn't use this thing, um, these things as, as a payback for our sin. He, he uses them to, to bring us back from our sin, right? The reason that God brought this storm was not to bring punishment on Jonah. It was to wake Jonah up and say, Jonah, like, you're running from me? I'm not gonna let you run from me. So I'm gonna do something in your life to where I'm gonna wake you up a little bit. Some of us, we've had times in our lives, maybe some of you today is a wake-up call today that you need to hear the word today and it needs to be a bit of a wake-up call. Maybe there's some things going on in your life that you need a bit of a wake-up call. Then after that, Jonah's still not getting it. And so he sends a fish to swallow him. Again, it's another wake-up call. He's saying, Jonah, I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to point these things out to you. This is not a punishment for your disobedience. This is actually my grace. This, this storm, this fish, these are examples of God's grace. Many of us in our own lives, God is doing things where he's trying to get our attention 
salvation, but all, what I want you to see is that that is God's grace. At the end of the day, the, the, the whole point, I'm going to give you the point of, of Jonah, is to show God's love, his compassion, and his mercy on sinners. That is what God is trying to point out to both Jonah and Nineveh. And so we, so we see this take place. We see him get swallowed by the fish. And we move on to chapter 2. In chapter 2, the entire chapter is Jonah's prayer from within the belly of this fish. And there's two verses that I want to point out to us in this chapter. It's the beginning of his prayer and the end of his prayer. In verse 2, it says, He said in my distress, this is Jonah speaking, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and he listened to my cry. In the very end of his prayer, in verse 9, it says, But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. This is what I see, that in Jonah's distress, when he realizes what's going on, the first thing he does is he calls out to the Lord. Right? He calls out and saying, God, I've disobeyed. I've run from you. And so he actually does what is right. And he opens his prayer in distress, coming to the Lord. And what I realize is that that's probably how all of our prayers should look. right? Because when we look at our lives and we look at the sin in our lives, the only response is to turn to the Lord. Every single time we come to the Lord, it should be coming to him, recognizing who he is and recognizing who we are. And so oftentimes our prayers should be prayers of distress saying, God, I can't do this without you. I, the only way I'm going to get through this is with you. And so through this whole prayer, what we see happen is that at the very end of it, Jonah almost gets right with the, with the Lord again. And he says that, look, that what I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. So you see at the end of Jonah's prayer, he's back in line. And so you see that Jonah comes to God in distress. Then Jonah repents he chooses to obey, and then he moves on from there. And so that's, the, that's really what our prayer lives should look like, is are we going to the Lord in distress? Are we going to him and saying, look, I've got it wrong. I need more of you. I need to turn from my ways and come back to you. God, I'm willing to listen now, and I'm willing to move forward. What a beautiful picture of what prayer should look like. So again, Jonah's, Jonah's doing all right, or, or at least it seems as though Jonah's eyes are being realigned, and he's coming back to the side of being obedient to what God is calling him to do. And so then we get to, to verse, or excuse me, to chapter three, where again, God gives a command to Jonah. Chapter three says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. So again, God gives him the same um, command that he gave him the first time. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. Some say that the city was probably about eight miles wide or even more than that. On the first day Jonah started into the city, he proclaimed 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. And so what we see happen here is Jonah is obedient to the Lord. And he says, all right, I'm going to go to Nineveh and I'm going to do this. But Jonah is actually probably a little reluctant. And we'll know why um, here as we move on here in just a second. So um, 
He's, he's willing to do this, but he's not really willing to do this. Um, he's not fully into this. And so he goes into the city and amazingly, they turn, they, they repent, they realize what they need to do. And it says that from the greatest to the least, all the way up to the king, they took off their clothes, they put on sackcloth. What this is representing is basically, that's a, that's a state of humility is what they were putting themselves. And it was basically them um, almost um, surrendering to the Lord. It says that the king, he even get, got down on his knees in the dust. It was an act of surrender. They, they realized how far away they had gone. And so amazingly, Nineveh surrenders to the Lord. And they say, look, we're, we're willing to hear this message. And so this is great news. This is wonderful news. Jonah did what God had commanded him to do. He goes to Nineveh, this, this horrible place that um, these, these people that had done so wrong, and they actually listened. They go, wow, we, we, we need to surrender to the Lord because we realize how great he is. And so you would think Jonah's pretty excited about this. You would think he's pumped up about this. It's like, wow, look at how God used me to reach this horrible nation. Well, see, that's not exactly what happened. We get to chapter four and it says, but Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you were gracious and compassionate, God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take me, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah's a, anyway. But the Lord replied, have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in the shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So Jonah sits back and is like, well, I want to see what happens. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. I feel like he's like a toddler, you know? It says, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend to it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And then it ends. That's it. There's no, there's no more Jonah after this. And so we look at this and we realize, all right, Jonah is upset because God was compassionate. Why would that be the case? When we realize about Jonah is we begin to see how warped of a view Jonah had towards others. Because in Jonah's mind, what happens with Israel is because Israel was God's chosen people, a lot of times Israel began to think that the story of God was about them because they're, they're the chosen people. But the story of God is about 
God, right? It's not about any one of us. What God wanted to do through Israel is he wanted Israel to be the light to the rest of the world. That was their role in God's mission. But at the end of the day, it wasn't about them. It's always about God. You see in our church, there's a big sign that says it's all about Jesus. We never want anything to be anything more than being all about Jesus. And we see that Jonah, he's beginning to get concerned because he doesn't want Nineveh to be forgiven. At the end of the day, Jonah wants them to get justice. Jonah wants them to get punished because he realized what they have done to Israel. And so Jonah, even though God's called him to do this, he doesn't ultimately want this. And the thing that I think we have to ask ourselves is what are situations that we don't want that for other people? You know, for me, I, um, I really like, I hate injustice. You know, I hate when, there's, when we look at something, we see injustice. Um, the other day, I was um, driving down the street and I kind of came to a four-way stop and I kind of observed a situation that took place where there was this car that haunted this other car, threw their hands up because they thought this other car was cutting them off. And so they got all mad and they drove off in a huff. Well, what I realized is that they were actually the ones that cut off the other person, right? But they had no idea of that. They, in their opinion, in their view, they were the one that were, was wronged. Now, for me, I started thinking about that and I really started getting bugged because I'm like, they're gonna go home and they're gonna talk about how this car cut them off when the whole time they were the morons, right? And I was like, man, I, I wanna track them down. I wanna pull them over and I'll say, no, I want you to understand something. You were the one that was wrong. You shouldn't have hogged your horn. You threw your hands up. You were the one that was wrong. I need you to repent and turn from your sins. I wanted that so desperately, right? Because I hate when you have bad drivers and they don't know what they're doing. I just Drives me up the wall, right? The Lord's working on me though. Don't worry, he's working on me. But I just like, and I thought about that. I'm like, how many times do people that are driving along think that they were wronged when really they were the horrible drivers and they never even know it? It's like, it just, it just bugs me. What I realize is that why do we, why do we desire that? Why do we just desire so desperately for people to get what in our minds they deserve? Because let's slow down for a second. If we all got what we deserved, you know what we deserve? We deserve hell. Every single one of us deserve hell. But that's why I said the point of Jonah is to show God's love, compassion, and mercy on sinners, right? And the thing is, is that whether we can identify with the people of Nineveh who were just so far from the Lord or whether we can identify with Jonah where we maybe have some... Um, uh, some different opinions of different people and we don't want what's best for them, right? We don't want God to show grace to them like he's shown grace to us. None of us would necessarily admit that out loud, but sometimes that's probably the case where we, we feel like maybe that person doesn't necessarily deserve that. Do you know what they did? And it's easy for us to begin to have some hatred towards others or just some frustration towards others. You know, oftentimes you hear those phrases of, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? But the other thing we see is, well, why do good things happen to bad people? I don't know if that, that bugs any of us in here when you see that there's a bad person, that something good happens to them. And I, I realize in myself, I don't want that, right? I don't, I don't desire that. But ultimately what I'm doing and what I'm saying is that I want something different for them than what I received myself. When we realize how far off we can get with things. Jonah had gotten so far away and he, all he could view was himself. All Jonah's perspective was, was what's best for Jonah. You see that even with the plant illustration, right? Jonah's sitting back, God provides him some shade 
Jonah's like, man, this is great. This is awesome. Thanks, God. I appreciate the shade. The very next day, the, the um, leaf is taken away. Jonah doesn't have the shade anymore. And he's like, I'd rather die. I'm like, how quickly? You didn't even have that two days ago. And now you want to die because of it? And we see he's just, when things are good, Jonah's happy. When things, when God's not doing what Jonah desires, then all of a sudden he throws his hands up and goes, well, what's the point of this? And I'm thinking about my own life. Man, how often is that how my faith looks, right? When I'm fine when the Lord is doing exactly what I want him to do. When he's calling me to something that moves me outside of my comfort zone, all of a sudden, I don't know, God, do you know what you're doing, right? Uh, immediately I begin to question and go, well, God, if, if I were doing this, I'd, I'd probably do it like this, right? How often do we try to put ourselves in the driver's seat? You know, but, but, but think about that. Think about what that says about us, about how quickly we think that we know better than God. You know, do, do our circumstances dictate our faith? right? Or is our faith consistent regardless of what our circumstances are currently bringing us? See, here's the thing. I don't know where any of y'all are at today. I don't know where um, you are at with the Lord. I don't know what you're, you're struggling through. You know, but here's the thing is that I think we've got to identify with the characters in this story. In the, the Jewish culture today, there's a tradition during Yom Kippur that um, when they come together, they actually read through the book of Jonah. And at the very end of it, they all recite, we are Jonah. And what they're doing is they're identifying themselves with Jonah and saying, are we willing to do whatever it takes to obey God? Are we willing to surrender what we think is best, what we want in order to desire what God wants? And I, I think that's a, that's a pretty good thing for probably all of us to do, you know? It's for us to look at ourselves. You know what? We, we're Jonah too. Are, are we willing? The, the thing is, the reason that I think this book ends the way it does is that the point is not to know what happened with Jonah. We don't really know what happened with Jonah. We don't really know if he continued to obey the Lord after this, if he got things back right again. And I think the reason is because it's not about Jonah. That at the end of the day, it's not about Jonah. That what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to see ourselves in this story and go, what am I gonna do, right? If, if I, am I gonna continue to go down the path of what I think is best, of what I desire, of what I want and be I'm so controlled by my circumstances, or am I going to surrender to what God desires and what God is calling me to in my life, regardless of what that is? I get that for Jonah to go to Nineveh was probably a pretty scary thing. Because again, these, this is a horrible group of people. One, Jonah has the perspective of these, these people have been so against Israel, and so that's not good. But two, man, these are torturers. These are people that are not good. To get pretty raw with y'all this morning. I hope that it's all right. The, the Ninevites, they would, when they would torture people, they would actually skin them alive. They would bury them in the desert. They would pull out their tongue and drive a stake into it and let them die right there. These are the people that Jonah was supposed to go to and say, you need to repent and turn because God wants to have compassion on you. The reason I want to tell you that today is not to, to um, say a, a crazy Thing, the thing I want you to see is that in, in chapter three, these same people that did that, those same people that would torture people like that, it says in verse 10 that God had compassion on them. The thing I want you to hear is maybe you're in this room 
and you're going, you don't know my story. You don't know what I have done. You don't know how far I have run from the Lord. Well, you know what? When God looked at the Ninevites and saw what they had done, he looked at them and says, I want to have compassion on them. In spite of what you've done, in spite of all that you're known for, in spite of everything that you've done, and you've done all these things against my people, I still want to have compassion on you. I still want to have mercy on you. I still want to love you right where you are. And so the point of this story is to realize that God's love is for all people, regardless of what they've done. You'll hear us, hear us say this a lot, that it's okay to not be okay. But the thing is, is that it's not okay to stay that way. And so maybe you're in here and you've been struggling for a long time. You feel like you've been running for a long time. The same God that had compassion on the Ninevites has compassion on you, and he's ready to receive you. He's ready to say, come home, come back again. You haven't run too far because I'm right here with you. And you maybe today you need to receive that. Or maybe you're in this room and you realize that there's been some judgment that has happened towards you. You've forgotten how far you were from the Lord, right? And you've become to get a little proud about yourself. And you begin to look to others, not desiring the same good that God wants for you, for them. And maybe you need to identify with some of that and realize that, wow, where, where's my heart bad in some things? Where are some things that I need to correct? And I need to examine myself and realize where I need to surrender to the Lord. And am I willing to be obedient to God, even if it's not what I want, even if it's not what's comfortable? Because here's what I would say. Most of us in here, we're fine with obedience all the way up to the point that it would actually require sacrifice. Here's what I mean by that. Most of us in here, we don't have a problem giving money, right? Most of us, we enjoy giving gifts at Christmas time. We enjoy doing that, right? But most of us, we enjoy doing that all the way up to the point that actually requires sacrifice, right? I'll give as long as I don't have to give up this, right? How many of us, is that the case, is, is that we're fine with it up until the point we actually have to sacrifice? Many of us, we're fine with serving. We enjoy serving up until the point it means that I have to give up something else, up until the point that means that I have to wake up early, up until the point I have to give up something that I want. Where are you at today in that? How willing are you to be obedient to God regardless of what he's calling you to, regardless of how uncomfortable that might make you? So what are we going to learn from Jonah? Are we going to be able to identify and go, you know what, I'm, I'm Jonah in some things, or maybe I'm, I'm Nineveh in some things. That I've, I've recognized that I've, I've never even had a relationship with God in the first place. I don't know today what the Lord is trying to speak to you. I don't know, again, what's going on in your life. You know, and maybe, maybe somehow through the Holy Spirit, he was able to, to speak through a, a, a babbling idiot up here, right? And it can communicate something to you. But I believe the Lord wants something for every single one of us today off of this message. He wants to challenge each one of us in our faith. But maybe you've been, you've been checking out Connection for a little while now. Maybe you've been checking out God for a little while, but you can identify that, you know what? You've been running for a while and you've never fully surrendered to the Lord because maybe it's been some disbelief. Maybe it's just been that you don't wanna surrender. You're afraid of what that means. And maybe today it's time to stop running. 
It's time to stop running and realize that God has a lot of different storms in your life that are coming up and you're looking at these things. You're going, why is God allowing these things to happen? And maybe you need to look at some of this stuff and say, wow, it's actually God trying to get my attention. It's actually God extending his grace to me and trying to show me that he loves me even in spite of all of my sin. You need to receive that today. And so you know what? There's not gonna be music playing. There's not gonna be any of that. I wanna ask every single person in this room Where are you at today with that? If you feel like you've been running from God and you've never surrendered to God for the first time, you've never placed your faith or your hope in Jesus, it's time to stop running. It's time to say yes to God. And the way that we do that here is we want to all recognize that and acknowledge that. And that's not something to be afraid of. And so maybe there's just some fear in you and your heart is, is beating a, a thousand beats a, a minute. And you're just going, I know God's calling me to surrender, but I'm just scared. And I'd say, don't allow your fear to stop you from obedience. So who is that today? Is there anyone that you need to surrender to Jesus for the first time? You need to stop running. Who is that today that you would say, that's me? I need to surrender to Jesus. I need to lay down my life to him. Is there anyone in here that that's you? Okay. Well, then for the rest of us, we all still have a question to ask ourselves. Is what is God calling me to? What area of my life do I need to examine? Do I need to be more obedient to? Thomas is gonna come back up and they're gonna play through a song. And this is a time for us to get with the Lord, right? We're getting ready to, to start off our week again, right? And we're to get so busy with things. Can we stop for a moment? Can we get with the Lord? Can we come to him and say, God, what were you telling me today? What did I need to hear today? What do I need to surrender today? What am I running from you in, God? And help me turn back the other direction. Wake me up, God. Let me hear what it is that you are desiring for me. So, You'll have the opportunity to be able to do that. If you want to come and and kneel up front, if you want to sit in your chair, if you want somebody to pray for you, then we can have somebody pray for you, whatever that may be. Um, We just want you to take a couple minutes before you leave, and one will be be finished. So just play through this um, very briefly, and then we'll we'll head out of here. Um, But let me pray for us, and then um, just take some time um, with you and the Lord. Um, So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity um, to just hear your word. And God, to see how it can penetrate our heart, God, and how it can change our life. God, I pray for each person that's here this morning that, God, they hear from you today, God, that they realize that though their experiences in their life might have told them something about themselves or something about others or something about you, that, God, I pray that they don't allow their experiences to define any one of those things that they got, God, they look at your word and that is the only thing that defines your love for them, their love for themselves and their love for other people. God, let your, your truth sink deep into our hearts, God. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the city of Pooler and what you're doing in and through it, God. Continue to speak to us, God. Continue to grow us, God. Let us never stay the same. Let each person here today remember just how much you love and that they were never too far to say yes to you. We love you and we praise you. We lift this up in your name.